0: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com achieve
1: today. Nintendo takes aim at an open source Switch emulator. For March 1st, 2024, this is Let's Play Daily Gaming News. Hey, what's going on? My name is Nate Bender and welcome to Let's Play, a daily gaming news podcast where we run down everything you need to know from the gaming world in just about 5 minutes. Coming up, EA cuts 5% of their staff, new details emerge about the Shadow of the Ur tree DLC, and we'll check out the week that was in video game news with the Friday replay. Nintendo has continued its legal crusade against the modding and emulation communities this week. As reported by Steven Totillo, Nintendo has filed a lawsuit against the makers of the Nintendo Switch emulator Yuzu in the U.S. District Court of Rhode Island. Nintendo claims that the Yuzu emulator gives consumers the ability to unlawfully pirate games from Nintendo, citing that Yuzu's owner Tropic Hayes has violated two digital millennium copyright acts. Provisions The first is the anti-circumvention provision that makes circumventing copyright protections illegal, and the second is the anti-trafficking provision which makes the unauthorized distribution of copyrighted material also illegal. Nintendo also claims that the Yuzu emulator was responsible for one million pirated downloads of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Nintendo is seeking monetary damages for all of these claims. Both Yuzu and Tropic Hayes have not publicly responded or commented on the lawsuit. But as of this recording, the Yuzu emulator, which I understand is very user-friendly and makes running games simple and hassle-free, remains available to download for Windows, Linux, and Android at yuzu muorg That's yuzu dot Electronic Arts is the most recent AAA studio to lay off large portions of their staff. EA announced on Wednesday that they're laying off 5% of their total workforce, amounting to 670 people losing their jobs. EA attributed these layoffs to their current restructuring plan, which includes the closure of Ridgeline Games, the studio that was working on an unannounced Battlefield campaign. EA is also sunsetting two mobile live service games, MLB Tap Sports and F1 Mobile Racing. CEO of Electronic Arts Andrew Wilson issued a memo to remaining staff, telling them that EA is moving away from developing games on licensed intellectual properties. However, currently known licensed titles such as Marvel's Black Panther and Iron Man are still in development, according to an EA representative. Overall, this week alone, the video game industry cut over seven 1,700 jobs, bringing the estimated total so far this year to over 9,000 affected by layoffs, only 2,000 away from matching the 11,000 impacted by layoffs in the whole of last year. And sadly, executives and shareholders will continue to push these cost-cutting measures despite seeing record-breaking profits for a fourth year in a row. Just because the rich cannot satiate their greed. Alright, let's end the week with some positive news, shall we? Elden Ring's director Hidetaka Miyazaki sat down with Japanese publication Famitsu this week to talk about the upcoming Elden Ring Shadow of the Tree DLC. Miyazaki was asked if he could share anything about the new DLC, and surprisingly, the normally KG developer actually did. He revealed that Shadow of the Urd Tree will be introducing a new leveling system. Similar to the way players would power up in Sekiro, Shadow of the Urd Tree will introduce a new attack power stat that will be able to be increased after defeating bosses in the Land of Shadow. This essentially fixes one of the biggest flaws with Soulsborne DLCs. Most players would max out their characters by the time they finished the base game, and when the DLC finally did drop, the boss battles were either too easy or filled with one-shot gimmicks, leading to mixed receptions from both veteran and new players alike. Overall this has me even more excited to dive into Elden Ring: Shadow of the Ur tree. Not just because there will be new challenges to face in the lands between, but because FromSoft has taken the time to address things like player power in a nuanced way to make the DLC feel fresh. That being said, though, Elden Ring's Shadow of the Erd Tree is 112 days away, releasing on June 21st. All right, it's Friday, and this is normally where we like to read podcast reviews, but we don't have one this week. So head on over to Apple Podcasts, Audible, Podcast Addict, CastBox Podchaser, or Good com, and leave us a review. We'll read it here on Fridays. All right, with it being Friday, let's check out some of the biggest stories from this week in gaming with the Friday Replay.
0: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once.
1: Over the weekend, the video game publication IGN, owned by media conglomerate Ziff Davis, has voluntarily recognized the newly formed union called the IGN Creators Guild. According to the union's representative, the IGN Creators Guild consists of 80 IGN employees, with 70 of the employees having signed union authorization cards, meaning a resounding 87 percent of eligible employees show a strong desire to unionize. The next step for IGN Creators Guild is to bargain with Ziff Davis to secure a contract. The union representative explained that the IGN Creators Guild is seeking better wages layoff protections, and establishing new measures for better diversity, equity, and inclusion at IGN. However, looking at Ziff Davis's previous negotiation process with the Ziff Davis Creators Guild, the IGN Creators Guild members have just begun their battle. Ziff Davis Creators Guild represents approximately 70 employees across three publications, Askman, PCMag, and Mashable. It was formed in 2018 after Ziff Davis voluntarily recognized the union. However, the first contract took an astounding three years to bargain and a threat of a strike before Ziff Davis gave in to the union's demands. So given all of that, it won't surprise me if Ziff Davis stalls at the bargaining table again. I just hope the 80 employees under the IGN Creators Guild are prepared to strike for what they want sooner rather than later if negotiations fail. Circana, the market analysis firm, recently released their January report on U.S. consumer spending on video games, and despite what most developers and publishers are telling their shareholders and employees, spending on video games has gone up and pretty significantly. U.S. consumers spent $5.1 billion on video gaming in January, a 15% increase year-over-year. Software sales made up the lion's share of the revenue, totaling $4.4 billion, a 15% increase year-over-year. Hardware sales dipped slightly by 4%, pulling in $378 million. Accessory sales skyrocketed by 45%, with U.S. consumers spending $246 million on accessories. According to Circana, the black PlayStation 5 DualSense controller was the best-selling accessory in January though that could be because Sony forced quote-unquote unauthorized third-party controllers off the PS5 last month. For games themselves, the top five best-selling games for January were Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, Tekken 8, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, Persona 3 Reload, and Madden NFL 24. Circana also pointed out in their report that Palworld was not listed because Pocket Pair is a DLP-participating publisher, meaning Circana couldn't pull complete sales data for Palworld. Overall, the U.S. video game industry is continuing to see growing sales, albeit slower than what executives and shareholders were expecting. So why are so many people still losing their jobs? Capitalism, that's why. Sony Interactive Entertainment announced early Tuesday morning their first round of mass layoffs this year, laying off approximately 900 staff or 8% of their total workforce. These layoffs affect all studios under Sony's umbrella, although the most impacted is the PlayStation London studio, which developed several games for the PlayStation peripherals, such as PlayStation Eye in 2002 and VR titles for the PlayStation VR 2 last year. Unfortunately, the PlayStation London studio is slated to shut down entirely. Former employees from Naughty Dog, Insomniac Games, Gorilla Games, Dreams, and Bungie have reported layoffs hitting their studios as well, significantly impacting those teams and future games. Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO Jim Ryan described these layoffs as a, quote, extremely hard decision. However, it doesn't seem like it was a hard decision for Ryan because he held his retirement party last week at PlayStation London Studio, celebrating his departure from Sony at the end of March. Smiling and reminiscing with people he was planning to let go on Tuesday, showing just how much of an immoral monster these executives truly are. Video game company executives do not give a flying f- about the people who actually do the work that makes them billions of dollars each year. These developers are just numbers on a spreadsheet, and as long as profits go up, they don't care whose career they stall out or the families they put on the street. Two new studies concluded their research on how the free-to-play gaming model has influenced children's social relationships and how they spent their money. These studies were conducted by the Oslo Metropolitan University in partnership with the Norwegian government to better understand the relationship between children and video games. Unsurprisingly, the two studies found that there is a crucial link between children's social lives and video games in the modern era. It seems the most significant impact is how kids gain popularity within their social groups. According to researchers, children ages 10 to 15 are being bullied by their peers online and offline based on how much money they spend or don't in games like Fortnite. Cosmetics are becoming just as important for social standing as hitting fashion trends at school. And kids who don't spend money on these games are being called poor or the new derogatory term defaults. Researchers also pointed out that children who aren't active in video games are actively being ostracized by their peers, making it harder to make friends and form the social bonds that they need. This issue is also compounded by the video game developers themselves because of the predatory monetization models and what are called dark patterns that they deploy, which include gambling aspects to these free-to-play games such as loot boxes. Researchers point out that there are still wide gaps in knowledge on how video games impact our social lives, though these early findings are signaling for a need for government regulation on predatory advertising and monetization of these games. Overall, as time goes on, video games are becoming a cultural flashpoint of modern society, permeating our social circles, educational systems, and even healthcare at this point. So it's imperative we start looking at the social harms that are happening as a result of gaming. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode of Let's Play. Make sure you subscribe so you can come back for the next episode of Let's Play. And we're still getting our scheduling worked out, so thank you for being patient with us while we have kind of a a rocky production schedule. Follow us on TikTok at Let's Play Gaming News and leave us a podcast review on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Podcast Addict, Castbox, Pod Chaser, and Amazon. Story selection and writing by Aaron Pillen. You can follow him on Blue Sky. At Lloyd FFXI. You can follow me on Twitter at Nate Benderama and catch me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash limit radio. My name's Nate Bender. Keep listening.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.